Blog Talk Radio. Make no mistake about it, we live in a culture that wears the mask of sanity. We also live in a culture that has, in essence, become the people of a lie. We live in a culture that has become Alexander Solzhenitsyn's cancer ward. We live in a culture that has become post-modern, post-Christian, and that espouses post-humanism. To what end? We live in a culture that espouses existential nihilism disguised as social concern. It is indeed a culture that pursues homogeneous mediocrity and those who have been so brainwashed into this scheme have no awareness of themselves as spiritual beings. And within this culture are professed believing ones and confessed believing ones, that is, those who confess Christ those who agree with God that Jesus is Lord according to the glory of the Father. The churches have run after the culture and found that they have now adopted the garb of the culture. And having done this, the radical message of Christ is lost. And so the churches went after counseling, that is humanistic counseling. They sought a syncretism of Western counseling practice with biblical Yahwism. It was a repeat of what happened in the Old Testament in the Northern Kingdom that adopted polytheistic worship cults and tried to wed these to Yahwism. And therefore, in 722 BC, the northern kingdom or Israel was swept away by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom lasted a little longer, maybe 150 to 200 years, but it too went the way of idolatrous narcissism. If you want to see what happens to the people of God when they leave behind Yahwism or, let me say, maintain a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, read the psychopathology of the people of God in the book of Jeremiah. 
classic is powerful. And before I go on, let me say another book that I would want every believer, everyone who can really confess as Christ to read, is the book True Believer by Eric Hoffer, who is a longshoreman and a scholar. True Believer by Eric Hoffer. And if you have not read The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, you, it is well worth the time and effort. Please read The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan and also The Pilgrim's Re, uh, Regress by, Char, uh, by C.S. Lewis. Also read The Abolition of Man by C.S. Lewis. Also read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I want today to address a very important topic, and that is this culture wants homogeneity. It wants homogeneous mediocrity. And within the literature of the New Testament, one finds that God has mandated his people to be different because they confess Christ. Now, one does not expect those who profess Christ to understand uh, the documents of Paul. But those who confess Christ must understand what the New Testament teaches, and that is, if anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. Old things are passed away. Notice the hiatus. Behold, all things are become new. Now, there is a disturbing trend in the modern Western church which accepts uh, cultural mediocrity and thinks that's okay for the church. Now, I shared this before that my wife went on a retreat with quote-unquote Christian women who uh, went to the room of the pastor's wife and uh, had all these pictures of nude men uh, put up around the room. Now, this was a retreat of so-called Christian, and I remember when groups of Christian women went to see Fifty Shades of Grey. So what has happened? And what has ushered in this cult of mediocrity within the local churches? What has come about? What has transpired? What has changed? Well, the theologies have changed. The church, the local church, will not grow above the theology of its pastor. The local church will not grow above the theology of its leadership. Therefore, one would think that one would require the leadership to be profoundly conversant with the word of God. If leadership is in carnality, then the pastor who is deep in the Word of God, is not going to be allowed to teach the Word of God in any depth. Therefore, the people will suffer. The people will be abused, and they will not grow in Christ. And their blandness, their mediocrity, uh, will be attributed to something else. We are very good at excuses. I want to read to you today from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. 
This is Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 17. This is what Paul writes. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity of their mind. Now, I'm going to use the Greek word ethne instead of Gentiles, ethne. The word of God recognizes three divisions, Jews, Gentiles, or ethne, and the church of God. Now, he says, in the, he writes in verse 17, in the vanity, the word here for vanity is kinos. It means uh, the hollowness uh, or the emptiness of something or the worthlessness of something. This is Paul's estimate of of humanistic anthropology uh, and its thinking. Unregenerate anthropology and its thinking. He goes on, having the understanding darkened, or that is the mind, dianoia is the word here for mind. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. The word here, ignorance, is a Greek word, agnoia, from which we get our word agnostic. And so he goes on, because of the blindness that is in their heart. He goes on, they are apathetic. Uh, in verse 19, who being past feeling, and uh, it, it is really a, a very terrible term, it means to grieve out, it means apathetic. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, which means all kinds of, of uh, evil works, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, and now uh, the, the, the change occurs. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, that you put off. And here we have an aorist infinitive. An infinitive is a verbal noun. The aorist means at a point in time, uh, an event took place at a point in time. So it is punctiliar. That you put off the former conversation or the former life, the old man. Which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. So in the Greek, the word old, uh, with the adjective old is the Greek word peleon, and then we have anthropon. So anthropon or anthropos is always gender inclusive in the New Testament. Peleon, anthropon. So it is uh, the ancient man. Put off concerning the former life, the old man, which is corrupt. And uh, so we have here uh, the word which is corrupt uh, means a process according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, that you put on. So we are to put off before we put on. We're not to put uh, that you put on the new man. Now we cannot put the new man over the old, the anthropon, uh, the Peleon Anthropon, the old man. Now later in Ephesians 6, Paul is going to talk about the believer's armor. We are not 
the the believer's armor cannot be put on over the the old man. It is in Congress. It does not work. It is spiritually disadvantageous to think otherwise. He writes in verse 24 that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And so the, there we are mandated to have a brand new life. Not a life of traditional values, but a brand new life that is centered upon the person of Christ and who he is and his finished work on our behalf. And he's going to uh, talk about being filled with the Spirit. In verse 20, uh, as we go down, in verse uh, 30, Paul's going to say, grieve not the Spirit of God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby by whom you are sealed into the day of redemption. Beloved, we are to, to, to change. We come to Jesus, and there had to have been regeneration. Regeneration had to take place. The new birth must take place. It is necessary in the nature of the case that if a man or a woman wants to see the kingdom of God, he or she must be born again. It is necessary in the nature of the case to be born again, to be born anew, to be born with the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. These things, these realities must take place. The Bible does not mandate ungodly living. The Bible does not mandate fleshly living. The Bible does not mandate having a carnal mind or a carnal life or living a double life, living a life of, of hubris. The Bible mandates living a life that is well-pleasing unto God. I pray that you will read Ephesians chapter 4. May God give you discernment as to what he requires for your life. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.